0: Hello and welcome to the London Coronavirus Podcast, the original and only independent podcast of its kind, seeking to provide light in these tricky times. We actually started this podcast when you were still allowed to go on as many walks as you desired. My goodness, those were heady days. Where the BBC give you hard news and horror, the LCP give you positivity and the peculiar... Alongside me for pop number 16, ladies and gentlemen, is, of course, Mr James. Where, James, I no longer define my life by days of the week. I define it by which podcast we're on. And there's plenty of sweet stuff in today's number 16.
1: Yeah, your identity every day, Dave, is just that number. Today you are 16. <laughs> but pinch punch first of the month. We've yeah. made it to April. And the jury is not out. The jury's in and, like, has fully moved in and is staying in that that was possibly the longest month ever. And for me in particular, I have to say that was a monster March. It's a big month for me anyway. In the first half of the month alone, I had my birthday, my mum, who had a big birthday, and my girlfriend's birthday. That was just the first half. And then the second half, we had corona quarantine coming from zero to full lockdown, uh, I'm not sure I'm ever going to be able to look at a calendar the same way again, but we're starting April as we mean to go on here on London Coronavirus Podcast.
0: James, before we crack on with the pod, I just want to say we've just recorded the pod and the last few days we've been kind of tied to some pretty cool themes, I think, dating and dogs perhaps being the standouts in pod 12 and 14. But today we were a little bit looser with the theme at times, weren't we? We, we ran down some bizarre avenues and I, I just got the feeling of this is what we might be like when we are finally all let out the front door at the end of this coronavirus saga and we just kind of run out into the street and into the pub. So perhaps this podcast will serve as uh, a little taster of what's to come when we eventually get back to our freedom listen we're here every single day on the london coronavirus podcast enjoy the pod I wanted to start today with yet another little behind the scenes peek into the pod and I don't want this to end up like the last 10 minutes of a David Attenborough documentary you know where all the secrets and the difficulties are kind of exposed for all to see Uh, and uh, am I comparing London Coronavirus podcast to a multi-million pound two-year creation? Uh, Potentially but but, uh, at at about 8am every day I sit down at my laptop and I cut all the clips for our Instagram stories, right? At London CV podcast. And this morning I had a couple of really great chess clips from yesterday's living the quorum dream section of the pod. It was one of my favorite living the quorum dreams we've had so far and for a backing image for these clips, I wanted a, a chess image, and I thought, you know, it's time perhaps to be a bit risque. There's no real rules anymore in this coronavirus world, so I typed it to the, I typed it to Google hot chess players, and this ended up being a little bit more weighted on the female side of things. And I realised that might be seen in poor taste, so I thought, well, I'll tell you what, I'll do two clips: one hot girl and one hot boy, and then hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully I won't be sent to prison for that. So, so I found myself sat down at five minutes past eight. And I was eating my Weetabix, James, at my desk, and I was just Googling hot male chess players, which does bring (laughs) up quite an array of images, I can tell you. And it just struck me how my my routine has just been smashed to pieces, and it really has got quite wacky. And I'm I'm hoping that yourself uh, can uh, reassure me, James, that I'm not the only one whose routine has been compromised by coronavirus. Yeah,
1: I think it's a particularly... Remixed routine here at London Coronavirus, remote socially distanced HQ across Skype, Dave, in both mm. both of our places. It's definitely a routine which I don't think you could really fit onto any kind of spreadsheet. It would crash the programme, <laughs> even if you did try to organise it like that. But I feel that that's absolutely the same for everyone right now. Like Mm. whatever they're doing and whether they have lots of work from home or they're being furloughed and don't have any work from home now, whatever people's situation, I think we're clanging, clanging, clinging, probably clanging too onto routine. (laughs) We're doing anything we can to grip routine or make sounds with routine in any other way. But... I think despite our best efforts, most of us are ripping up that routine and I'm struggling this on the big scale, not just on the little day-to-day, but on the week-to-week routine scale because today it's Wednesday, now a key day normally in the week. Today I had to remind myself it was Wednesday and I was left wondering this afternoon, Dave, as I hit a little bit of a pre-recording rut. I was wondering, is Hump Day humpier in this (laughs) new remixed week that we're all living in together? Because it kind of feels like it's even more of a midweek than it normally is in the week. But there's kind of a catch to that because you're not really humping to anywhere. I mean, the reason Hump Day is Hump Day is once you're over the other side of it, you're getting closer to the weekend. But as we and everyone have said before, there's not much difference from a week to the weekend now. So it's like really humpy, but not humpy at all. That's the most ap- academic possible judgment I can pass on Wednesdays for the
0: time being. Yeah, I think as well as routines being taken to pieces, I've also noticed rather bizarre new things creeping into my routine. And we talked about this a little bit off pod just before we started uh, recording, James, but I told you that there's uh, a girl I follow on Instagram that I met years and years ago, barely know her. And she lives Mm. in Berlin, friends of friends of friends kind of thing. And every day at about 4 PM, she does a daily dance in her flat and I remember the first time I saw this three weeks ago, I thought, what? It, what is this? Like, wh- why would anyone do that? And secondly, why am I watching this? But you know what? In this kind of world where it's just a free hit for bizarre content. I mean, look at us, James. We're doing a daily coronavirus podcast. And this girl, bless her, she does it every day at 3 p.m. And I watch it. And it's just formed a very, very odd sort of part of my day that she's just there, uh, just dancing around, having a great time in her flat, like around all her cacti. And, and there it is. Like, I'm just watching it. So I've definitely noticed that not only my original routine has been taken to pieces, but rather surreal segments of other people's lives have started to format my days. And I find that both troubling and comforting at the same time.
1: Yeah, it gives you very weird focal points one way or <laughs> another, I think, as we're trying to grasp onto something resembling normality. And today I have work in the morning And I wasn't quite sure what it was going to look like after that. And I'd seen there's this coffee doing the rounds. It's going viral online called Dolgana Coffee, which looks, I mean, it was born for Instagram. It's a picturesque, photogenic thoroughbred of a homemade iced coffee for Dolgana. And these have been going viral online. And I'd seen a thing about how you can make one. And it's actually super simple. For anyone who needs desperate help with trying to get into a routine, maybe this could give it to you today. So all you need is two tablespoons of instant coffee powder, two tablespoons of sugar, and two tablespoons of hot water. And then you whack in your electric whisk Give it a real whisk. I mean, it was tiring even with the electric whisk. If it was a ham whisk, I would have had to take eight days leave from the podcast day because it was (laughs) a serious ash. But it comes out as like this kind of coffee cream foam, which when you pour over milk with a spoon, looks really wow. Like you'll be getting some long distance Mm. coffee envy. But anyway... I genuinely was making this. That was the only thing I kind of had in my eye cow for the day after <laughs> I'd finished work, before we got to the podcast. And there was a moment where I had to double take at that. and was like, my day is built around constructing a viral coffee. I mean, normally that would be something that I'd look at, wouldn't spare more than 10 seconds thought <laughs> over and be like, well, maybe I'll make one of these one day, and then would obviously never make it. Whereas today, that was the foundation of my weekday, and I think
0: that really (laughs) says it all. That's really, really funny, James, and i think uh, we will crack on with the show of course but just, just while we're here i think a lot of it's got to do with the creative industries in london and the uk have basically been deleted right and a lot of us work in creative industry so you've got all this bizarre mad creative energy that's just needs to be funneled somewhere and whether that be coffee or coronavirus podcasts, it's uh, it's got to be put out in the open and and uh, yeah hopefully humanity's better for it Right, we're gonna lead the podcast today. Pod number 16 with coronavirus confession. This is the section of the pod where we invite you into our sinner's booth and Windsor and where simply will not judge, no matter what kind of confession you offer up to us. False names are not just accepted, they are encouraged. And today we've got Stefan from Stuttgart. And this is his coronavirus confession.
2: Well, it's a little bit embarrassing, but I think I haven't brushed my teeth before 5pm in well over a week now.
0: I, I mean, everyone, if we're being really honest with ourselves, James, right? I think everyone could perhaps, and it's so important not to, but everyone could perhaps see some of their hygiene standards slipping ever so slightly. And I actually pride myself on my hygiene, <laughs> and I, I, I do, but it's uh, this morning, I got to the shower... At 7am, right? I wake up at 6.30am and have a shower at 7am because you've got to have some rules, James. Otherwise, it's just anarchy. <laughs> and I stood by the shower and I just thought, what's the point? What's the point in having a shower? What's the point? And then I caught myself saying that and I thought, that is super, that's a dangerous <laughs> path to go down. If we're saying, what's the point in just cleaning yourself? So I did, you'll be you'll be very glad to know, I did jump into the shower and uh, you know, I felt much better for it, as you always do. And I haven't missed a shower In the last couple of weeks, which is super important, right? But I did just have that moment where I did think, what's the point? And so I can, even (laughs) though I'm a vigilant teeth brusher myself, I do empathize and understand. Stefan from Stuttgart's perspective. Thanks
1: for your cleanliness confession there on the back <laughs>
0: too, Dave. You know, you know I like to slide into the confession booth all the time. Any either. excuse? You know what's
1: weird is even though we're doing this over Skype several miles apart across London, I sort of oddly felt myself relax a bit more knowing that you were showered. Like, that's weird, isn't it? It shows like <laughs> how much this is something which is in all of our heads. I have to say I am a bit more on Stefan's side here. I I feel like (laughs) because my morning routine has been more flexible than a live online yoga class, I have got into kind of intermittent toothbrushing. It's like intermittent fasting, but with toothbrushing. brushing. I don't toothbrush at all. And then I brush my teeth like twice in the space of three hours in the late afternoon evening. (laughs) And then I intermittently don't toothbrush again. I don't know if any dentists are listening to this, but I imagine if they are, they probably suggest that that isn't going to catch on as a post-craze. And we've been talking a lot about some of the industries that have gone online and were baffled when we found out earlier in the week that dog training is taking place online right now. You can have your dog trained online. I wonder if online dentistry has caught on, like whether I could have an online hygienist, because admittedly I might need one (laughs) if my intermittent tooth brushing backfires.
0: You know, my brain is just so tuned into what we could do on the pod, James, that immediately when you said dentist, I was like, pod idea, pod idea. That's the whole show right there. Because, you know, teeth are super important. And and like you say, is there any profession that we dare not conduct now via Zoom or, or Skype or something like that? So. I, I'm prepared to make that into an entire show, James. I think there's value in that. We'll get a dentist on. We'll get a dental hygienist, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll make a pod of it. No doubt about that. So those questions that you have will be answered. Don't worry yeah, about. Yeah, I my feel
1: friend. like these days, if you can't conduct your business over Zoom, then officially you get kind of struck off as an industry. Your guild is <laughs> absolved by the powers that be. Yeah. Like you must
0: be able to do it over Zoom, or you're clearly a scam. James, you know what? This is this is a little um, not quite in the same vein, but I was talking with someone today. This is this is a bit of a Go segue. On. But you know how every industry now, the the conventional wisdom is that this coronavirus uh, episode has propelled companies forward five or ten years, right? In terms of working remotely and the idea that everyone is saying now that everyone's going to work from home and everyone's going to work just with an internet connection indefinitely, forever. Sure, what a great sure, thing! Sure. I actually I was thinking today, James, and I'm a massive advocate of working just from an internet connection. But I was thinking today, a lot of people are going to associate working from home with this period in their lives. If you've never worked from home before, you are suddenly going to associate working from home with this pretty crap week, weeks to months period of coronavirus. Right, So I wonder, actually. If it might have a different kind of effect, and if you chuck in as well that most people crave human contact, and I think a lot of people, and I haven't been part of the 9 to 5 office gang for a while, but... I can understand that working in a team and working with people, I think a lot of people will miss that. And I actually don't think when we come out the end of this, you'll see the hammocks in Bali absolutely filled with everyone working for their laptop. I actually think you might see a, a, quite a return to what it used to be and people valuing that team environment of getting up and actually having to have a shower and go to work. And uh, it'll, be, it'll be really interesting to see how we conduct ourselves, I think, in terms of office culture and in society as a whole because i don't think it's as clear-cut james as everyone just runs off and works in a far-flung corner of the globe from their laptop would you reckon
1: yeah i've definitely heard reflections from people who work in a more traditional corporate setting and one of the things that they realized within the first few days of working from home was how much they missed that and that's just a huge part of how they sort of gain enjoyment from the setup of their lifestyles is going in having that structure mm. having that camaraderie of being around people so i think that yeah it's not going to be one-dimensional the way that this changes the working world but i am looking forward to only having to see my dentist on zoom
0: <laughs> i also don't want to get too heavy in the things i miss uh, before coronavirus but you know what i massively miss james mm is eye contact. I really miss eye contact. And yeah, you can have eye contact from two meters away or over Skype with your family. But eye contact is so primal and so important. And it has gone. Like Every eye contact you have, if you're in a a professional situation in a meeting or any kind of social situation over Skype, it is not the same. And you can't I think, again, I'm going way down uh, different paths that I didn't expect to go down on this pod today on the London Coronavirus Podcast. But I just think sometimes eye contact can just tell you more than anything that anyone could say. So yeah, it's another thing I miss. We might put that into a, a little column and a feature at some point. Things we miss of the pre-coronavirus world. Yeah,
1: bring back eye contact. You know what, it's funny you say that <laughs> because I actually had a moment yesterday when I popped in to do my central shop at M&S And I had to wait outside for a couple of moments because we were practicing some absolutely textbook social distancing. The level where it felt like I was part of the Royal Ballet rather than just an afternoon shopper. (laughs) And when I got waved to go through, I went in and the guy who was doing it sort of waved me through with his hygienic gloves on so smilingly that I just sort of without thinking was like, thank you so much. Kind of looked him dead in the eye. And obviously nice. he was so used to people just coming in and ignoring him that he was kind of a bit turned about and was like, oh thank you. Like and it was really nice. <laughs> yeah, We just yeah. have this like weird organic moment of human f- connection, like not physical in terms of space, but in terms of bridging sure. that gap. And it was weird how moving that sort of felt both ways <laughs> in a yeah. world where that yeah. largely has been stopped.
0: It's like, you know, if you're ever running really early for something, James, and you stop and you talk to one of the charity sign up people that work in London. Have you ever done that? And, you you know, you say straight off the bat, look, I might not be donating, but I'm running 10 minutes early or my friend's late. Do you want to have a quick chat? The gratitude and energy you get from those people is astonishing because they've literally, especially the charity sign up people that work in central London or the centre of any big city, presumably anywhere in the world, they literally get 5000 no's a day, right? Mm. And occasionally, sometimes you'll go an eight-hour shift doing that job because I know someone that used to do it. And uh, and he said it was brutal for the first three days, like brutal. You've never, ever been told no so repeatedly in his entire life as those first three days. And eventually, you just become a bit immune to it. But still, if you stop and chat to those guys, they are full of smiles and energy. So that's going to be one of my resolutions in a post-corona world as well.
3: Love.
1: So today, as we're recording this, Dave, is, of course, the 1st of April. Normally, a day which stands out on a calendar because it is April Fool's Day. You've got to be watching your back. But today probably the most anticlimactic April Fool's Day ever. This seems to be becoming a kind of sub-theme of the show. Yeah. We had like the most anticlimactic <laughs> changing of the clocks ever on Sunday. And now we're on to the most... Mother's Day. Atlantic, <laughs> Anticlimactic April Fool's Day. Yeah, Easter's going to be next <laughs> in the sidelines. It feels like kind of... Father's Day. You yeah. can copy and paste that. But this was on an official Official level today. In fact, a few countries went as far as to threaten jail time for people attempting any pranks today. India's Maharashtra state said strong action would be taken against any miscreants and in Thailand they warned that those spreading misinformation on COVID-19 could be penalised and face up to five years in prison. And even big corporations also took a no-joke stance today. Google are a company who are normally really hot on a cheeky April Fool's. But they decided that they'd take the year off that tradition out of respect for all those fighting the COVID-19 pandemic. So it seems to be a kind of April Fool's leap year this year. We're skipping over rollover to April Fool's 2021. But given that there have been some super surreal stories that even the finest satirical minds couldn't have written in recent days, really, fact has become stranger than fiction for all of us, even just in terms of our own first-hand experience, rather than anything grander. We wanted to pay tribute to that on today's show. So, Dave, for you, I have a special Mm. April the 1st challenge. Let's not call it April Fool's Day because there's a lot of official advice saying that we shouldn't. So this is our April the 1st challenge, which I'm calling F of Corona. And all these (laughs) stories are Corona F words. They are Fs of the Corona alphabet.
0: Nice, nice, nice. But it's up
1: to you to tell us whether they're fake, full, or fact. So, without any more build-up, let us get down to today and quite possibly the only edition of F of Corona. So, our nice. first story today, Dave. Is this yeah. fake, full, or fact?
0: Can you... James, can you? Sorry, just can you clarify? And I, I, I massively appreciate you creating this quiz out of thin air. But the difference between fools and fake, I feel like there's a grey area there, perhaps.
1: Yeah, so we're getting very technical <laughs> here. This is one where we need our fake news. Sorry, sorry, coming on later <laughs> in today's podcast. So a fool is an April Fool story, whereas a fake is a fake of news story, and a fact is okay. actual. A political activist in India was arrested for selling cow urine to combat the virus. Fact. That is a fact. Well done. An activist from India's ruling party has been arrested after a volunteer fell ill from drinking cow urine at a party to combat the novel coronavirus, police said on Wednesday. Okay, next up. A K-pop star by the name of Jay Jung admits that his COVID nineteen hospital diagnosis post was an April Fool's joke. Is this a genuine fool or a fake? Fake. No, this is a real <laughs> that is a true story After to date. This game has got admittedly more complicated. That one is both fall and fact. It's going for like
0: James, that is a that's a play within a play within it's, a play. It's going for the <laughs> F-word
1: then diagram there. And this really is the most extraordinary story of April Fool's Day, twenty twenty. K-pop star Jay June for reasons only known to himself, decided to post on his Instagram today that he had been hospitalized after getting COVID-19 from ignoring government warnings and living carelessly. Then a few hours later, the Mm 34-year-old South Korean admitted this was a prank, bizarrely saying he wanted to raise awareness about the disease. And he's since deleted the post and his account, but has come under a huge amount of criticism for that. Okay, next up, one closer to home, Dave. The British Prime Minister tweeted a photo of his virtual cabinet meeting, which included all of the meeting ID number and revealed the usernames of key members of his cabinet on Zoom. Is that fake, fool, or fact?
0: I don't believe it to be true. So I'm eradicating fact from the three options. I think it's a little bit too elaborate and weird to be an April Fool's. So I'm going fake. That one is, in fact,
1: 100% true. It is, in fact, a fact. Yeah, Boris Johnson shared this, like, screenshot of his meeting on Twitter, much like many people are right now. And it's got all the pictures of everyone from his cabinet joining in. And on the right, you have all of their usernames and the meeting ID number. Now, Downing Street have been quick to respond and have said, highly classified government business is always held via secure systems, kind of suggesting that there was security beyond Zoom in place. But still... Doesn't seem like exactly the absolute wisest move going right now. Okay, Mm. next up, we have the following story. Moment coronavirus patient 96 leaves hospital after she beat killer disease. Is that fake, fool
0: or fact? That a 96-year-old left hospital after beating the disease? That is fact. A 96 year old
1: coronavirus patient in Denver, Colorado, beat the odds and is now back home with overjoyed family members who cannot believe she survived. So, lovely story for the older population there that shows that although they're at high risk, Can be survived. Now, a couple of pick up news stories from our specials earlier in the week, Dave. A couple of days ago, we had our dog special. So I wanted to bring you a dog story as a paying homage to that. Footage shows police in high speed chase with man teaching dog to drive. Is that fake, fool,
0: or fact? Footage of a car. Of a police car with a dog driving. So the police
1: were in a high-speed chase, chasing a man teaching a dog to drive.
0: Uh, Um, I'm going to say that is fools. This is in fact fact. Officers in Washington (laughs) were
1: called to report of a motorist driving recklessly around 1 p.m. on Sunday. They ended up embroiled in a 100 mile an hour chase. Eventually, they stopped the car using spikes. And in the video afterwards, there was what appeared to be a pit bull dog in the driving seat. So we're all for dogs living the Quarren dream right now. But that one may be a bit too far, even by dog standards right now. And the final (laughs) one on today's edition of F of Corona A vaccine which has been tested on tobacco plants is paving the way towards millions of doses being produced a week. Fact. That is indeed a fact. The world's second biggest cigarette maker, British American Tobacco, aka BAT, how's that for an abbreviation? have announced a significant breakthrough in the race to find a vaccine for the coronavirus and could be ready to start mass production within three months. They've tested it successfully on genetically modified tobacco plants and are going to start trialling this vaccine in humans as soon as possible. So some good news there to end today's special April the 1st edition of F of Corona. On debut, that was a pretty strong attempt from Dave at sorting fact from fiction, but it's something we're all having to do at the moment, whether it's in a strange novelty game show format or not. And so we've been lucky enough to get on the pod today Samantha Vanderslot who's a researcher at the University of Oxford who researches global public health and she's also a leading expert in fake news. Now I know that I've certainly been forwarded on a few messages which at first look it's quite tricky to tell whether they're true or whether they're not. So here are her top tips on how you can spot fake news.
3: My top tips to avoid falling for fake news are, number one, have a look at the source. So question what the source is and have a look at official websites to see if stories are repeated there. Number two, look out for the logo, see if the logo being used in the message is the same as on an official website. Number three is check for black, bad English. So credible journalists and organisations they're less likely to make repeated spelling and grammar mistakes. Uh, anything written completely in capital letters or containing lots of exclamation marks should raise your suspicions. Number four, be careful for um, pretend social media accounts. So. These fake accounts might look very similar to the real thing, but have um, maybe an extra word or something slightly different in them. And media platforms, they do try to remove or flag these fake accounts. So um, look at what their policies are to try and do this. Number five, uh, over encouragement to share is something to be wary about. So if the message presses you to share um, with your friends and family, um, consider that this is how viral messaging works. And lastly, number six, use fact-checking websites. So websites like AP Fact Check, uh, fullfact.org, they highlight the common fake news stories that are out there.
1: Enough fake news for one day, even on April Fool's Day. It's time to get to the real news in the news today from the bbc to the metro has been the star of today's living the quaran dream it's jim sangwell who's going to explain to you what he's done to make sure he's living the quaran dream.
2: dream Hi, so my name's jim i've um, built a pub in my shed in my garden Basically, I got given a summer house a few years back um, by one of my friends who moved. And they already had a big summer house built, so he just uh, donated this to me. Um, and with it, it used to be his granddad's shed, uh, who was called Fred. So they got it passed to them, and then he passed it down to me, and I turned it into Fred's Bar Pub Shed. So basically, in here, I've got um, all my music bits. I used to do a bit of DJing, so I've got uh, decks and some music, music production bits. I've got SkyQ. I've got um all the BT so we watch all the football round here. Obviously during the isolation it's a little bit strange because where it was made for a social event. It's been a lot quieter in here at the minute, but it's still a bit of fun so it's an extra room for me. So um while people are busy indoors doing all their house party chats and those kind of bits just come out here play a bit of music, watch a bit of telly, just enjoy it really. But it's yeah, it's nice. It's a lot of fun. No.
0: Well, James, first of all, I've got to say, I think I'm friends with some of the wrong people. Did I hear that right, that one friend just donated a house to him? That's a social circle that I very much want to be part of. Um, but apart from that, listen, it sounds like he's got a fabulous setup and he's only really missing fellow humans at the moment. But that time will come where I'm sure he can enjoy it. And I know this was a fairly big news story at the time as well. Yeah,
1: that's a problem that I think lots of people are having right now, isn't it? All the gear, no one here much like Jim is facing (laughs) in his garden pub. But what a setup. And I always thought, it's always one of those stranger aspirations. I was like, one day when I have my own place, really want to have like my own like bar within that space for entertaining people. And just like Jim said, you know, to have that social hub in your own home, I always thought it'd be quite fun to kind of have a draft pint on tap so that you could be pulling your own pints. But it's strange how that's gone from a kind of gratuitous, quite indulgent aspiration to an actual necessity right now. If you want the pub experience, (laughs) the only way is the home bar. And definitely, I feel like as much as that was a full-blown Quarren dream, definitely almost felt like a bit of an expert's contribution too for anyone who is trying to set up... A little bit of a bar, whether it's in their garden or just in their flat.
0: Next up on the London Coronavirus podcast, we have the section of the pod where we check in on a far flung corner of the globe. Just to get a sense of how each individual and how collectively different cultures, societies, countries are experiencing what is going on right now on the planet. But today we go a little bit more local, James. We're going to sunny Wales for an update from my friend Katrin.
4: Hello from West Wales. The corona situation here is pretty glum, as it is everywhere in the UK. Numbers are obviously not as high yet. Uh, I'm not too sure of the stats as of now. However, we are so lucky to have uh, quite a close-knit community here anyway, on the best of days. But this has been amplified since the whole corona outbreak. People are volunteering to go shopping, pick up prescriptions for those in need. One of my friends the other day got a slip through his door um, with the name and number of a volunteer if they needed any help or assistance. And the funny thing is, my friend is actually in his late 30s and the volunteer was way into his late 60s, possibly even 70s. But I think that shows that people of all ages really want to do their bit and do what they can. I went into school today, which is now a hub for children of key workers. So it's nice to see these key workers and just kind of check in with them, thank them for everything they're doing in the community. Uh, Being in school is pretty strange. Um, But again, it's kind of good to keep some sort of normality. Obviously, trying to get kids to social distance is like trying to herd cats um, when all they want to do is attach themselves to you and put things in their mouth. But it's okay. Um, They're managing really well with the situation. So all in all, yes, the situation is, well, it's glum. uh, But day-to-day life is going on. Uh, We're lucky to be in quite a rural, uh, rural area. The sun is shining here, the daffodils are out and hopefully this will carry on and it will keep us sane through this mad, strange time.
0: Well, that was a delightful little global update, I thought, James. I love the use of the word glum. You don't hear that much these days, do you? not a common catchphrase.
1: (laughs) Yeah, maybe due a
0: resurgence in
1: 2020. You heard it here
0: first. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but that was that was beautiful from catch. And I, Listen, we're getting a we're getting a general sense here, I think, across the globe of the positive stories that are coming out. And yes, of course, that uh, newspapers will always be able to dig out some ugly stories and negative parts of human behavior. But what I've seen with my own eyes and anecdotally and from different people is that generally, James, everyone's pulling together.
1: now it's time for the wrapping up of the show. But much like the finest present you could hope for, we're wrapping it in the finest paper in the form of coronavirus kindness. And today, this story's come out of football, which is getting a real rap for some of how it's responded right now, some of which I think is fair, some of which maybe a little less so. But this story is a really fantastic one it shows like so many of the stories we've covered in this segment that people are really stepping up to try and make a real difference right now with whatever skills they have and this comes from Lincoln where Lincoln City Football Club's kit man Terry Braun whose work has dried up during the coronavirus crisis is offering to instead do laundry for overstretched NHS workers he said It's quality isn't it he said he had the idea after seeing the club's industrial sized washing machines sitting there doing nothing and so he said the washing would be collected and returned safely from Lincoln City Hospital and surrounding areas and you know what not only did that one get me because it's just like such a lovely gesture from someone just trying to use what they have to make a difference and showing how many ways there are we can find to support those on the front line right now. But also, something very soothing about laundry. I find I'm not terribly talented in the laundry department, but I find laundry, when it's on, very restful. So that that kind of felt like a <laughs> good end to the show to me. I, I still feel calm and ready for the day ahead after... Picturing those industrial sized laundry machines doing their thing.
2: Coronavirus
1: Podcast.
0: We finish every day. At the London Coronavirus Podcast with a quote, something to take you forward into the next 24 hours. So today at the top of the show and throughout the show, we've been talking about routine and habits and the new normal and how kind of regular routines have been taken to pieces by this mad era we find ourselves in. And James, I was just thinking about habits and routines. Hmm. And one thing, I don't know, do you play a musical instrument? I used
1: to play the violin and the piano really badly when I was young, but these days... No, but this is my instrument, Dave. You're getting a
2: recital.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, that's two more than me, James. So I don't play a musical instrument. It's always a, a bit of a regret of mine. And I always just think, if I played the piano for 15 minutes every day for 10 years, I could play the piano, right? Maybe not, I wouldn't be professional at it, but I'd be pretty decent 15 minutes a day for something like 10 years. And it always goes back to me that, habits do define you. And if you just do something every day, but commit to doing it every day for a long period of time, you will, you will kind of get the benefits. So I landed, after thinking about that today, I landed on this quote, which is simple but accurate, I think. We are what we repeatedly do.